Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Man, last week was awesome. Last week, um, if you were here, you got activated in the prophetic, which, y'all, I've been in ministry for almost eight years, and I've never seen a whole church do that. So, yay, God, that's awesome. I love that we don't have to be like everybody else. That's so good. Thanks, senior leader, Jesse. You're amazing. You're amazing. You know, I oftentimes when the Lord gives me a word of knowledge or um, just an encouraging word for someone, um, I'm normally the one that's blessed by it. You know, we think we're blessing people by telling them who they are in Christ and, you know, relaying that message. And we are. But gosh, every time, I'm like, wow, God really loves that person. You know, if you ever have difficult people in your life, family members, in-laws, siblings, whomever it may be, friends, just, just tell them who they are in Jesus. Just tell them what Jesus thinks about them. And then you start to realize they're kind of an awesome person. <laughs> That's what I do. If I give you an encouraging word, it really is because the Lord loves you. So it's not because I dislike you. I love all of you people. But I was just reminded last week, if you know, there are over 100 of you here, if each of you just, just told one person in your week what God thought of them, gosh, talk about change in the community. Talk about change in the city. That is a ripple effect. That is so powerful if we can just trust that God speaks to us and trust that God loves his people. We'll just be, yeah, we'll be radically changed and we'll radically change every place we go. As I was preparing somewhat this morning, um, I really felt like God wanted to, to encourage us, to remind us that we are more than just believers. I really felt like um, it, we live in such a time, and I've only ever lived in this time, so I'm sure maybe other people have lived in other times that are similar, but I feel like we're living in a time where a lot of us base who we are, base what we do, base how we respond to things, what jobs we take, how we raise our families, by what we see and not always by what we believe. And so, I, I, yeah, I just really, really want us to get this this morning, and I preach to myself, I teach to myself every time I'm up here, so there is no judgment being thrown. I'm taking it in as well, but I really, really believe that God wants us to be wholehearted believers and not just seers, because there's a significant pull that is happening, and I, and I see it especially, which is really hard for me, I see it amongst believers more than anything that we base what we do off of what we see. We base our anointing off of what we see. We base who we think we are off of what we see. And we gotta stop doing that. And so I wanna read this morning a little bit of scripture. If you will, turn with me to John 4, 46. I'm gonna read less than 10 verses. John 4, 46, it says this. Then he went again to Cana of Galilee, where he had turned water into wine. There was a certain royal official whose son was ill at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea into Galilee, he went to him and pleaded with him to come down and heal his son, for he was about to die. Jesus told him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe 
Sir, the official said to him, come down before my boy dies. Go, Jesus told him, your son will live. The man believed what Jesus said to him and departed. While he was still going down, his slaves met him saying that this boy was alive. He asked them, at what time did he get better? Yesterday at seven in the morning, the fever left him, they answered. The father realized that this was the very hour at which Jesus had told him, your son will live. Then he himself believed along with his whole household. As I began to study just miracle signs and wonders in scripture, it's proof to me that as Jesus was walking and teaching on miracle signs and wonders, performing, healing, raising the dead, he was trying to prove that the kingdom of God had come. Because a lot of them hadn't yet believed the kingdom of God had come. And so he was pointing back to the glory of heaven and to God by performing these miracles. And so I love studying scripture about what God was doing. You want to know what you're supposed to do? What was Jesus doing? But it's interesting to me, this scripture. And if you, you read it and you, you don't break it down contextually or culturally, it's easy to pass right over it. But those red letters, I always kind of want to break it down a bit. So allow me to get nerdy on y'all for a couple seconds or minutes. We have a man here. Maybe in your Bible, some of it says a nobleman's son story, if it breaks it down. But we have a man here who was a man of great wealth. He was a man of great influence. He worked with Harold's service. So he was a man that today we would say probably had it all together, had everything he needed materially. And yet, we see him here coming to Jesus, having heard that this person was going around healing people and had traveled, scripture would say 20 to 25 miles on feet or on a horse or donkey or something. I don't really know that part. But he had traveled quite some distance because his son is sick. And he, he's exhausted all other options. He's probably bought the best medicine. He's probably hired the best doctors and nurses. He's probably moved his son around visiting different people. And yet nothing is working. And so he hears of this guy, Jesus, who's healing people. And so he, he takes the time to, to go 20 to 25 miles to have Jesus come down and heal his son. And it's interesting to me because in verse 48, if you will, if you have your Bibles open, circle, underline, star, highlight, smiley face, whatever you want. Verse 48 says, will you never believe? Will you never believe unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? Now, this isn't Jesus being snarky. You know, sometimes, sometimes I read the word and I'm like, dang. Jesus was like pretty straightforward. If I said that, I'd be like mean. But Jesus was just kind of just told him what was up. He's not being snarky here in verse 48. And he's actually speaking in the plural, not the singular. Here's the really cool thing about Jesus' teachings and when he speaks to people. If you look in scripture and you put the person that he's healing and the person that he's speaking to, and then you draw a circle around them and you figure out who they were associated with, he's normally always speaking to that person and who they were associated with. And so here in this verse specifically, Jesus is not only talking to this nobleman, 
a man of Harold's service. He's actually talking to all the people that this nobleman was associated with, who were people who, who kind of mocked Jesus, who didn't agree with Jesus. And he says, kind of like a Southern's expression, Southerner's expression. It's like, Psh, if y'all don't see miracle signs and wonders, you just, you're not going to believe, are you? That's what he's saying in Nicole's words. Unless y'all don't see this, you're not going to believe it, huh? Question mark. He's speaking to the man who is desperate to see his son healed, but also to who this man is associated with, those who were in opposition to the work of Jesus. And as you can imagine, there were a ton of people following Jesus, going after him just because they had never seen what he had been doing that's not always bad. Go where God is, yay. But, but some people were just following Jesus to see what he could do. They wanted a little bit of entertainment. They wanted to know who he was gonna heal next or what cool miraculous sign he was gonna perform. I mean, especially after you turn you know, water into wine, I'll be following him too. Just kidding, just kidding. I'm pregnant, I don't drink. But a lot of people were following him just to see, not to believe, just to see what he could do. And this man in this story says, Lord, come down, meaning come. My son probably can't be healed if you're not there. You gotta come rub some oil on him, say some pretty fancy words, touch him, do a dance around him before he can get healed. Lord, come and heal my son. And it's crazy because See, this is why I don't like the handheld. If I've got this thing, I can like move my hands and dance and jig. But he says this. He says, sir, the official said to him, come down before my boy dies. Jesus says, go. Your son will live. The man believed what Jesus said, and he departed. Now, here's what I want y'all to get. This is what I want us to get this morning. Hmm, God, yeah, let us get this. Those two verses, verse 50, go, those were in red letters, go, Jesus told him, your son will live. The man believed what Jesus said to him and he departed. There's two things that happened here. Jesus tells him to go. The man hears what Jesus says. The man believes what Jesus says and the man obeys. Jesus says, go. Can y'all imagine for a second? Let's put this like in our culture, day and age. Let's say you go to your, your child is sick, your friend is sick, and you go to a friend's house. And you're like, hey, I've heard you prayed for some people, and I need you to come, and I need you to pray for my son or my daughter or my friend because they're really ill. Can y'all imagine if your friend was like at the front door, go, your friend will live. In Jesus' name, Oh, I'm never coming to you for prayer again. Thank you, friend. I'm going to call the prayer team now. But two things happen here. Jesus says, go. I don't need to be there. Trust that I'll heal your son. Believe that I'll heal your son. Haven't you seen enough? Why do you need to see more? Are you not going to believe until you see? The man hears, he believes, and he obeys. And if you're a parent in here this morning, you can probably only imagine... 
just what this man was feeling. He traveled quite some distance. They didn't have cars and Ubers, right? He had to travel quite some distance. And yet he's not getting the, okay, let's have some ministry time on our way back and we'll pray for your son and he'll be good. No, he's getting just go. You actually don't need to see me do this. You just need to believe in your heart of hearts that I will take care of your son. And so he goes. And a lot of times I feel like in the Christian circles, and gosh, y'all know what? I probably, I know I've been guilty of this as well. But a lot of times we say, but what if? What if I get home? What if I travel 20 to 25 miles back home and I get there and my son's not healed? Then what, Jesus? What if I don't get that job that I thought I was supposed to get? What then, Jesus? What if my bank account doesn't match my rent this month? But what if, Jesus? And Jesus is like, just go. Your son will live. So he hears, he believes, and he obeys. And what I love, 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 love about the end of this scripture, oh, I just love this. Talk about influence. Talk about changing a city. He says this. While he was still going down, assuming the man had not yet made it home, while he was still going down, his slaves met him saying that his boy was alive. He asked them, at what time did he get better? Yesterday at seven in the morning, the fever left him. You know, what's really crazy is when he starts to exegete this and break it apart, it actually shouldn't have taken him a whole day to get home. So he believed, he heard, he believed, and he obeyed Jesus so much so that scholars would say he just finished up some work on the way home. He actually didn't run home. His son is dying and he doesn't rush home. Some would say he finished up some work before he got back home because he believed without seeing. He believed what Jesus said without seeing. He had no reason to rush home. He had no reason to control the situation. He had no reason to get there to see it happen. He just believed. Y'all with me? Yeah. The father realized it was the very hour when his slave saw him he had been healed, at which Jesus had told him, your son will live. Then he himself believed along with his whole household. With his whole household. You want your household to believe? You want your friends and your community and your neighborhood to believe? Are you walking a life of believing without seeing? We live in such a time where we, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. Prove to me. We've really, really got to live in a time of I'm believing God for it because he sees it. This man in this moment had to believe that Jesus was more than just a healer. He had to believe that he was more than just someone that went around healing and raising people from the dead and turning water into wine. He had to believe that he was more and yet oftentimes I just wonder if in our circumstances and what God calls us to, the places that we live and the people that we're around, if we're believing that God sees the whole circumstance, the whole situation. And I do believe that Jesus gave this man an opportunity to believe at a higher level of faith. And there's a lot of scripture. I mean, there's like 17, 17 18 verses about walking by faith and not by sight. 
Y'all just Google that when you get home. There's like a whole list. Walk by faith, not by sight. Why do you think scripture tells us that? Because our eyes are deceiving. Our eyes are deceiving. And if we only, if we live our lives based off of what we can see, we'll never live up to the full potential that we have within us. We have got to believe. We've got to stand on a firm foundation that God is who he says he is. He is who he says we are and his scripture is real. We gotta stop listening to everybody else around us and what they're saying because of what they're seeing and trust and believe that what scripture says about us and who God is, is true. Amen? Y'all with me? This is good, yay God. There have been too many times in my life, I'm only 29, and, and there's been far too many times that I'll just go, God, I don't get this. I don't understand what you're doing. I once got kicked off of a church leadership team. Talk about not knowing. I'm like, you called me to ministry. They kicked me out. What happened? I wasn't rebellious or anything, I promise. There's been too many times where I've actually said, I don't understand. And about a year ago, God said to me as I was just alone, just sitting in his presence going, what the heck is happening? He said, you actually don't need to know the why. Because I'm always looking for the why. Why do ministry? Why live in this neighborhood? Why start this? Why do that? It's a little crazy, but I'm always looking for the why. And he said, Nicole, you don't need to know the why. You just need to trust that what I'm doing is good for I make all things new. And that changed my life because what I was seeing didn't match up with what heaven was telling me. And if you, if you feel like something weird is happening, if you're like, what I'm seeing just doesn't match up, if it doesn't partner with God in heaven and what, what he says, and it probably is weird, don't partner with it. If it doesn't feel right, it's probably not right. A lot of times we just make excuses for those types of things. Well, you know, I don't have enough money to give, so I probably shouldn't give. God doesn't say give a certain amount. Give a penny if you have a penny. Well, I probably shouldn't evangelize this person or share Jesus because the last time I tried that, you know, they really turned me off. Or probably shouldn't give them a prophetic word because, ooh, they're really not into that spirit thing. I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago, especially with high school students, years and years of youth ministry going, what the heck? Like, are they even getting this? They got a good poker face. But I couldn't base what God was telling me to teach them off of what I was seeing from them. And the same is true in our own walks, in our identity. And I wonder this morning, as I was just thinking through this story, I've preached on this story one other time, But for whatever reason, I just really felt God say, I'm giving them an opportunity to believe at a higher level if they get this. And I'm sitting in Starbucks and I was, I'll be real, I was like so distracted. I was in the Laguna Beach Starbucks. People come in there like with hardly any clothes on and I was just like, whoa, I need to pray. No, I don't need to pray because I'm so distracted. But I was, I was, I just kept getting reminded they just get this, we will be believers who walk steadfast, powerfully, who stand on a foundation that can't be shaken. We need more believers who aren't shaken by the little things in our life. Jesse has been a phenomenal example of this in my life. 
You got to get around other people who do it well, who don't live off based what they can see, who don't live based off of what they can see, but based off of what God is saying and what God is doing and what history has proven. Y'all ever had a sweet moment with the Lord where you're like, holy moly, how did I get through that? Or how did I do that? Or God really delivered me. Write those things down. And in times of discouragement or in times where you're not seeing what really should be seen, you go back and you read those. We need to be encouraged in those times. Who here, let's just be honest for a second, who here have, 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 that God has got you through something? Raise your hand if God's got you through something. Yay, God, thank you. <laughs> we gotta write those down because it's those that will launch us and encourage us and empower us when things aren't making sense. And I'd love to stand before you today and say, everything's gonna be fine, you a Christian. You gave your life to the Lord, girl, you good. No, there's going to be things. Scripture also talks about that. But we've got to go back to the foundation of what God has taught us in those times. I kick myself because I'm like, I don't want to get back to that place where I go, oh, Lord, this doesn't make sense. No, I want to say, oh, this doesn't make sense. Awesome, God, what are you doing? This doesn't make sense. Whoa, you must have something way better than what I expected. I didn't get that promotion. I didn't get that job. It was probably for a reason. That thing didn't work out. It was probably for a reason. God, what is it? Because I am not walking by sight because my eyes are deceiving, but I am walking by faith. Amen? Yeah, wiggle around a little bit. I feel like y'all are stiff. Let's get a little jig going on. You know that the enemy will use what discourages you to discourage you. A real good word right there. If you're discouraged when you can't see what God is doing, what do you think the enemy is going to use? If you get discouraged when people don't pat your back and say, good job, what do you think the enemy is going to use? But let me tell y'all, that moment that normally that thing that gets you discouraged, you start walking in faith and you say, God, this doesn't make sense and I'm not going to partner with this because this seems like a lie and this does not seem to line up with heaven. I don't want anything to do with it. Life is good. I'm going to declare that it's good. I'm declared over myself. The enemy will stop using that. If there is a, a, um, a similar pattern happening in your life, like, oh, this thing keeps bugging me. This thing keeps triggering me. Or this thing keeps discouraging me. Or why does this thing keep happening? It's because the enemy knows who you are. Oftentimes before you know who you are. The enemy knows the power that you carry. Jesus in you. Christ in you. He knows it. He sees it. He's the liar. And if he sees it, he'll use whatever discourages you against you. Yeah, that was good. I, I was, thanks, Lord. That was really good for me. <laughs> hmm. I'm going to end. <laughs> thanks, Lord. Hmm. We got to just hear. We got to listen. We got to read. Somebody once said, if you're not hearing from the Lord, read the Lord. If you're not hearing from the Lord, open up your Bible. Read about it. If you're not getting an answer, read about it. Quit talking about it to everybody else. Read about it. Quit, quit sending out prayer chain messages. Can you pray for this and that? Well, have you talked to Jesus about it? Yeah. I love that the man believed before he saw. 
And I love that, that you know, Jesus' primary role was to bring kingdom to earth to these people. And his main ministry was miracle signs and wonders. That's why I get all baffled when people don't believe it happens. I'm like, that's what he did. But anyways, that's a whole other thing. His main ministry was miracle signs and wonders, transformation, changing life, making things new. And yet he says, man, don't just believe because you can't see. Don't just live your life based off of what you can see. Because there are going to be times, and this is relevant because we talked about prophetic last week. There are going to be times when you give a prophetic word and the person is going to be straight faced and you're going to think, I'm an idiot. What the heck? God does not speak to me. Has anybody ever felt that way? Awesome. Bold, faithful people of Jesus keep doing it. But there will be times when you're like, what I'm seeing is not matching up with what I feel like God just said to me. You don't stop. There are going to be times when you're going to pray for somebody for healing and they're going to say they weren't healed. You don't know what, what seed was planted or what God did in that moment. So you keep doing it. I think Chris said last week, you know, if you pray for 10 people and you haven't seen healing, pray for a thousand. Don't stop. God speaks to each and every one of us. We are powerful in our own way, but we can't base our anointing or God's glory or what he's called us to on what we see. So we will never walk in the fullness of what he's called us to. If we base everything on what the natural realm is saying to us, we must partner with heaven and go, what is the spiritual realm saying? What is God saying about this? How does God see this person? I don't care if they get it or not. God, you've told me to declare this and you've told me to share this. And so I'm just going to do it. I don't have to have approval. I don't have to see that they're crying and teary eyed and they got all emotional over. I don't care what they do. I'm still going to do it because I'm believing it. I don't need to see it. I didn't have a title. Maybe that's the title. Thanks, Lord. The man just believed that Jesus healed his son so much that he took his time all the way home. We have a five-month-old. I don't know that I would be able to do that in here. I'm preaching the message. See, I'm preaching to myself. I've been like, I got to get home and see. The man finished up work and then went home to see that his son was healed. And because his son was healed, his entire household believed. And they didn't even see Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.